Support for the Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T. All one word at manscaped.com. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T at manscaped.com. If that's if my math is correct, that's about 16 million balls. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Boston Pizza's new playoff menu developed using Fanalytics. BP has run the numbers to craft the perfect playoff menu, which includes our winged ribs, the new league leader in wings above replacement. Visit BP for puck drop tonight. All right, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. They did it. They finally did it. The demon or dragon has been slayed. The Leafs have gotten past the first round for the first time since 2004. I am in disbelief. What a night that was. What a feeling to actually watch the the puck go in and for them to actually advance. Joined by Jason today. How's it going, guys? Uh, Good vibes all around. Living, laughing, like. Live, laugh, love, live Leafs Nation or live, laugh, live Leafs Nation or whatever you said in the previous episode. <laughs> I can't believe it. They they, 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 they did it. I couldn't believe I was in disbelief watching that puck trickle through in overtime in game six, because last year in game six, they handedly outplayed the lightning in overtime and we couldn't get a bounce like that. Just incredible to finally like, I don't know. Do you do you remember what you were doing or where you were? Yeah, at least last one around. Oh my god, no! I was a child. I was literally six years old. So, I, I, I had a tough. I have a tough time remembering it. Um, but yeah, like I, it's crazy to think like it's been almost twenty years since Actually, that happened. Yeah, and, yeah. I I still remember watching. I was at a neighbor's house, I believe, and just watching like Joe Newendike sneak two stinkers through Laleem, and then they pulled them too. Oh, what a feeling that was. And now finally get to relive some sort of joy like that again. Yeah. So, it was, it was game good six. To see. Good to see. I, I'm happy with it. Like, I was honestly, like you said, I was in shock as well when that puck trickled in. I was like, did that go in? Was that a goal? Oh, my God. Yeah. They scored. Like, holy smokes. Like, nerve wracking game. So close yeah. from start to end. I mean, you're able to go up and then unfortunately couldn't, uh, couldn't hold it together, but got it. Got it done in overtime. I mean, what was so the Leafs were three and zero in overtime. Yes, yes, and I want I want to pull something up uh, with regards to overtime because three and zero on the road too. Three and zero on the road in overtime <laughs> in MLA Arena, and they are three four and zero since Matthew Nyes lost in overtime in MLA Arena in the call in the Frozen Four Finals, where he, after the game he said, "I hate MLA Arena." I wonder if he still hates MLA Arena because he was on the ice for every single OT goal. In in Amelie Arena in this series. On top of that, he helped create that last goal. Puck retrieval. Yeah. Uh created uh create created space mm-hmm. off the forecheck, slipped that puck to John Tavares. John Tavares comes around, scores the damn goal. So Okay, yeah. It was also a huge part on John Tavares too. Oh, absolutely, a, absolutely. But he battled there. That was incredible. But then you gotta watch on the play, if you uh if you watch it back, 
Morgan Riley goes down. He he goes cuts straight to the net. Mitch Marner was kind of in that area too, but then Mitch Marner realizes that Riley has pinched and he he does a good job getting back. So if that puck didn't go in, they were they had numbers coming they back the other way too, and they were very sound exactly sound coming back the other way. But just a great job by Morgan Riley to to get in front, get traffic in front, and yeah, that was the story of the Leafs. This entire series, just yeah. fling it on net because you're going to win the net, net front battles. And I, I, in huge part to that, Eric Cernak being out was, and the and the Lightning not having Ryan McDonough too, like that was that made such a difference in these playoffs. But Absolutely, two um, two goals that were from that were kind of created from net front battling. I mean, the Matthews one was a piss missile bar down, but. If you watch Vasilevsky's eyes, they're straight ahead the entire time. He doesn't pick up that puck at all because of the screen that's in front. Yeah, and uh, I want to go back to something that you said on the on the goal, the first or sorry, the OT goal, because you mentioned that Marner stayed back and stayed defensively responsible, and I think that was actually the key to winning this series. Obviously, again, another key, like you mentioned, was getting shots from afar, creating traffic in front, and, and getting into those dirty areas. But yep. Um, I think I think it was a big key for us that we had strong defensive play this this series because it feels like at least I don't know if this is true but uh, expected goals wise or like just chances wise it feels like this year we gave up a lot less chances and our goalie stepped up uh like in at the same time but uh yeah it feels like we gave up a lot less chances than in previous years so yeah. I think that was really important because I think that was a key to the series and also a key to winning this game yeah you gave up like a lot less situations. You remember last year in game six where Kerfoot dumped the puck, like did a drop pass to nobody and uh, yeah. Andre Palat got a, a free breakaway and was able to finish on that. You got a lot less of like those. I suppose game five, there was some breakdowns that were totally garbage, but you got a lot less of those. We'll compare those two series um, a little bit later in the episode, but I wanted to get more into game six here. What a game from Ilya Samsonov. Um Rob Garrison on Twitter, um, I think his name is at hockey. I'll find it later. But he was he had some he was pointing out the differences between Samsonov's game three and game five. Uh, he had a really good thread on that. I really want to find it. I don't know if I will be able to in time. Either way, he was showing just how like on the Aceman goal, how I, I spoke about last episode. He didn't make a decision on whether he should go into a post integration or do the overlap. He kind of chose a bit of both and it was a weak goal that went through. There was three situations similar to that one in this game. He made a decision. He stayed strong. He stayed challenging uh, top of the crease and made a good save on all of them. And even there was another one where he made a, a fantastic save uh, off a point blank shot. I believe it was uh, stayed cha- like he, he had more confidence. It seemed like, in the rest of the team. He stayed challenging. He stayed aggressive. That's the word I was looking for. Said challenging nine times, looking for the word aggressive. But he was aggressive. Um, and he was he looked much more confident and much more sound and didn't wasn't flopping all over the place in this one. And he had an awesome game. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the like in a in an elimination game or win and move on game, that's one of the better performances I remember from a goaltender. Absolutely. I mean, he kept this in this. It was only a one goal game, and it's not like Tampa locked chances they had a ton of great chances but just some of them yeah. he just did a good job of quelling quelling the 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 storm and and, mm-hmm. and and stopping the storm there was a tornado warning in tampa before the game and and uh samsonov was obviously prepared read the weather report and weathered the storm <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, the guy I meant, Rob Garrison's handle is at goalie underscore school if you want to check him out. Pretty good follow. But yeah, Samsonov, massive in this one. Uh, Vasilevsky also played pretty well, I would say, in this one too. But again, story of the the entire series, the Leafs just being able to muck and grind in this one. The yeah. one thing I did pick up, though, I thought that was interesting in this, after Matthew scored that one-timer goal, the, the, the Lightning made an adjustment and were challenging the Leafs from distance a lot more on this one. They weren't, they didn't want those point shots coming through. So it kind of spread their their defense, I would say, out a little bit more, which if this series continued, you'd probably see an adjustment for the Leafs where they would make quick passes and be able to filter the puck into the slot or the high, higher danger scoring areas as opposed to taking those, you know, shots from far out. But yeah, just yeah. uh just feeling good. Yeah, feeling good. And and also something I want to get into is like uh, as one of the because I feel like we're kind of on keys of winning the game here. So a big thing about this game is that we went eleven and seven. Um, mm-hmm. How Massive. how do you how how do you feel that that looked going into this game? Because I was a little I'm not gonna lie I was a little worried beforehand uh, about going to the eleven and seven. I came downstairs and told you guys mm-hmm. that like um, I, I don't it, know. If it I is trust a little this. bit scary. We have an entire episode named eleven and seven is terrible, yeah. right? And like when you have seven in there like when you have eric gustafson in there especially there was a time when gustafson and riley were back on the were on the ice together and it was just uh uh oh i don't i don't know about this one but you know nothing really came from it so it was okay but uh in terms of the 11 and 7 i thought it looked a lot better um i mean the issue that i had at times with 11 and 7 in the regular season was there were some terrible defensive changes but when you were going 60 in this series, you, you had some terrible defensive changes as well. So I, I, I like that we didn't get caught out there uh, with that. I mean, it looked pretty good. I liked the deployment of the extra forward on the fourth line. It allowed some better players to, to get some more shifts in there too. So I thought that was really good. Um, but I, I thought it looked pretty good. You? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was honestly surprised by it. I was really happy with how they did it, how, how it worked out. Like, first of all, the guys who drew, drew in and the people who, the, the players who drew out Justin Hall, like, listen, he's a great shot blocker, great on the penalty kill, but he was a, uh, Achilles heel for us in the series. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Sheldon Keith, Sheldon Keith identified that. Like he identified that and didn't just mindlessly stick to his mm-hmm. guns. Like he, saw that like listen we were getting out chance and outscored when he was on the ice like and not by like a small amount by like a significant margin because like i see a lot of people pulling stats of x player on the ice uh with and without it's like more of a goal in all situations yeah such a garbage stat but but just show the expected goals that also shows that he sucked this series exactly yeah but (laughs) a lot of the players obviously like a lot of our defensemen too like obviously if justin hall is on for a lot of goals and the other guys weren't on but anyways like Justin Hall was like uh, on for a lot of goals this series and was the direct cause of a lot of goals this series. Yeah. I, I think it was a bad read on my part. And I think I want, I, w- I would like to think Toronto was thinking the same thing. I think that in this series, they expected Tampa to be a little bit more heavier on the forecheck, which they weren't. And, and uh, Justin Hall doesn't deal too poorly with the forecheck. It was more so a lot of the, the goals that he let up were in transition uh, and like in, in transition through the neutral zone into our, into our own zone and just giving up poor entries. So Lilligren comes in, Gustin comes in. I think they do a great job of both puck retrieval and uh, denying and like stopping the rush before it can even happen. So not saying that they did like 
extraordinary things, but it was just small little plays, smart plays that where it was that the good first pass and like just for forcing um, them to make decisions at the blue line instead of allowing them to just enter the zone for free. So I think that mm-hmm. was really important to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like the guys, that, I thought it was very funny that we were like, like everyone, I, I, t- I spoke to many people on Friday that had this concern too. It was, can you put Lilgren in, in game six, an elimination, like a, a win and move on game. If he doesn't play well, what happens you're in cooked. game seven? Like you're yeah. cooked. It's such a bad situation. Not only did he, uh, Keith or Dubas or whoever put Lilgren in, in game six, a pressure cooker moment. He put another defenseman in that hasn't played in God knows how long too. I thought that was absolutely wild. But I mean, if you look at the numbers, both, Combined for, I believe, 15 minutes at five on five, their total expected goal differential was about even. So, I mean, I didn't see too, too many issues from them in that game. I thought they played, they did their job. Absolutely. And then piggybacking off of that, the four, like, and continuing with 11 and seven, the forwards, like, obviously, like Zach Aston Reese and, and, uh, uh, Sam Lafferty come out. They, they were also not very good in this series. Oh, they, they were terrible. Were, they were like a net negative for us. And I don't know if that's like a, just how we match in general is just yeah. horrible. I don't know if that's Combined just how... for one goal, one goal for, and how many against exactly. Yeah. Oops. They're not, not good, not good stuff from them. And I, I don't know if that's just uh, how Sheldon Keith wants to specifically match up the time of this game, or if this is going to be something we're seeing in the future, but like those two guys come out and Michael Bunting comes in like, Hey, that's, that's like Michael Bunting's single value alone is worth more than both of those forwards. And then on top of that, you're able to get the, some forwards, more ice time and, yeah, the eleven and seven worked, um, mm-hmm. and I think part of the reason why it worked too is because uh, compared to the season, just the just simply adding O'Reilly and Nyes as two forwards into this eleven and seven mm. mix because O'Reilly really didn't play many of those eleven and seven games. He was hurt for majority of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So having those two guys, I think when you can add like too much, like significantly better forwards, like yeah. That's like that, that really creates, it's, it's a yeah. ripple effect. Exactly. Cause uh, instead of having a guy who's, I don't know, like instead of having like uh, Lafferty and mm-hmm. Zach Aston Reese, you have Nyes and Ryan O'Reilly. Right. So it's yeah. like though that having those differences matter. And then mm-hmm. on top, on top of that, my, the final point I want to make with the 11 and seven is that, excuse me, uh, in Tampa Bay, we should have lost all three of those games on like not, not honestly, this past game, I think was our best game that we played the first two game three and four. I thought we should have lost mm-hmm. those games. And I think a big factor that John Cooper destroyed us in the matchups. And we talked about that after both yeah. post games. That, that's something we need to see improve for Sheldon Keith. And listen, Sheldon Keith is not just going to become a smarter guy overnight. He's not going to come up with yeah. the, also what happened game five though. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, We've lost Why the was match. the fourth line out there like yeah, just at yeah, horrible just, times? Just poor, poor so decisions. Matchups again. And yeah. on your home ice, getting outmatched on home ice is, is terrible. Exactly. Uh, and- I'll let you continue after this. How funny is it, though, that we were complaining about the deployment of Aston Reese and Sam Lafferty? <laughs> I don't know whose call it was, but they just took them fully out of the lineup. Like, yeah. okay, you're not using them properly. We're not going to let you use them at all. Yeah, it, it makes me think that it might not have been a fully Keith decision. Or maybe it was a Keith decision. Who, who, who knows? knows? We, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Anyway, the deployment was not correct throughout the series. Games 3, 4, and 5 in particular. So getting those guys out and then, listen, it's for for the line matching thing, it's hard for John Cooper to line match when he actually just doesn't know what the next lineup is going to be. The amount of th- different combinations that the Leafs throughout this team, I think, really dug in and, and, and hurt mm-hmm. the biggest strength of this of this uh, Tampa team. 
Um, their depth is pretty good. Yeah. So, like, I mean, other than the Matthews Nyes Nylander line, they played seven minutes and twenty five seconds in all, all, all. Excuse me, in at five on five all situation. Oh, okay. Uh, and then compare that to the third line of I know this is an Arthur line, but this is the line that played the the most for. The Lightning, the Icemont, Paul Colton line, they played 10 minutes. The Hegel, Point, Kucherov line, they played eight minutes. Point, Stamkos, Kucherov, they played seven minutes. So, like, obviously, they, they had a lot more consistency with their lines. If you look at the Leafs yeah. lines, their top three lines played seven, five, and four minutes, respectively. Then after that, it's three minutes, two minutes, one minute, 50, one minute, 50. Like, a yeah. lot of we different saw, We looks. saw two minutes of Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Yeah, we, we saw a ton of different looks. And and the that was massive from Keith because, again, like... Also, yeah, also, they it, were deployed at the correct time, too. That that Off is an well. icing. Okay, Matthews, Marner, Nylander out there. Go, go. exactly. Right. So, uh, this is the one time where I believe that the blender was actually su- supremely. I feel effective. like it was a calculated blender. Yeah, it was incredibly calculated because during the season it'd be like more, "Hey, we're losing. Let's mix huh. things up." Yeah, it's a big ah shit. <laughs> Got to put Nylander and Tavares back together. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, like k- kudos to Keith. Kudos to the mm-hmm. the, the team's decision making process. Um. Yeah, the, the I would have liked worked, to see like, Nylander out there a little bit more when it was a tie game. I, but he was sitting a little bit when it was uh, when the Leafs were up one. But you know, so I think I, it's I, a little bit telling. Well, I, I think part of the reason on that was because he just had a complete misassignment on the goal, right? So I think that was kind of a punishment. Yeah, it was thing. a. I, I don't know about missed assignment. It was a missed read by him. Yeah, like it was a turnover by Nyes. That's obviously terrible. Um, and then in that situation, because of the turnover, you got to kind of adjust your positioning. Like he was in, technically speaking, he was in the right position. That's his guy. That's his point right there. But off of a turnover, there's a little bit of scrambling. You got to kind of make a read off of a play. Like similar to when you look at the first school from game five, like Alex Kerfoot's not a defenseman, but because our defenseman was learning how to pick up a stick at center ice, uh, you had to play defense in that situation, which he didn't, and they were able to score on that. So obviously the fault isn't 100% on Nylander. You would have liked, but he, you need to realize that you need to adjust your positioning there and uh, defend the front of the net, right? Exactly, yeah, because he also has to realize, like, look, he's scanning. He understands. He lo- he saw in the corner that, hey, one, two, oh, three, yeah. four, there's four guys in the corner there. If that puck squirts out, what is more dangerous, the front of the mm-hmm. net, like a shot from the front of the net, or a shot from the point? Like, obviously, it's the front of the net, so he has to, yeah. he has to be able to collapse down low. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not trying to drag the guy, but like, it's just, it was just a mystery. That, that, that stuff happened. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but you still got to realize when it's a one goal game and you need a, you need a goal to win. Like, kind of got to put him out there. Yeah. Right? Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But when you're up one, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> It was a tough play, but yeah. Um, in terms of game six, anyone else stand out for you in this one? Um, obviously Matthews played well. Riley played well. Marner played well. I think I think the line of Matthews and Marner, like Matthews, getting a like a lot of credit, well deserved for like scoring some of the key goals. goals in this game. But like, like again, I'm, I'm gonna be that that guy. But like, let's give a little Marner a little bit more credit. Like, right, he he's second in the league in playoff points. He's Dominated the the expected goals battle when he's on the ice. Oh. He's helped helped Matthew score all these goals. He's setting him up on a lot of these. Like a lot of people are saying, uh, like, listen, I don't want to say a lot of people are saying, but I've seen some people say, not that they're reputable or anything, but like 
there's just this weird thing where it's like Marner's still a ghost in the playoffs. And like, I do not know. Maybe I'm just giving credence to the wrong people and I'm, li- and I'm like looking at the wrong things. But like, I don't know how you come away from this series and that's like your one of your biggest takeaways. Like, I thought yeah. everyone in our big four stepped up and played exceptionally well. And I thought that like they all deserve credit because they all slayed the demon. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, they all got rid of those, like the, the, all the criticisms that were poured on them over the past, literally over the past six yeah. years. They proved everyone wrong in this situation. And I, I know people are going to say, oh, it's only round one. It's so who cares? Oh, these guys are overreacting to a round one win. I'm sorry. Like, go look yeah. at what Martyr's never, sh- ne- Martyr's never shown up in the second round. Yeah, like, exactly. Which is still true, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, like, go look at what all these other teams are doing. Like, I don't know. Like, we, I we felt as- like the decision making and pressure, co- like, pressure filled times and their ability to perform in like high pressure situations to go hockey fully. I'm going to go fully hot, full hockey cliche on this one. They weren't gripping their stick too tight in these situations compared to other previous situations. They kept their composure a lot more in like times when you were kind of down. Um, you saw them step up really when you really needed them to. I mean, look at the, when you look at the numbers too, like, in this playoffs, like Marner had a, has 11 points in six games. That's what you really needed from him. On top of this, Austin Matthews, I don't know about all situations, but at even strength had four goals. What was it? I don't know. I don't know if he had a power play goal in there, but also, I mean, like the, the top guys, even strength wise, because there was a few six on five goals in there. Uh, that's why I'm going with even strength over five on five here. Like your, your leaders on the Leafs were Mitch Marner with seven, Morgan Riley, who we haven't gotten into yet, with seven. Austin Matthews with six, John Tavares with five, Ryan O'Reilly with five, and then Nylander with four. And even Matthew Nyes, three. Yeah. The, they, the, they had a big series. We've been the, saying that for so long now. Like, it's kind of like, because we go into such detail in, on this podcast, you kind of like almost don't spend that that much time on it. But we've been hammering it home too. You're not going to win unless your big guys showed up and they showed up this series. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's a great way to like kind of put a bow on how, how this series went for the Leafs. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah. At times it felt like we, we stole games and part of the reason why we stole them was because the biggest, biggest guys yeah. on the team stepped up and, and took the games into their own hands. So kudos to them. Kudos to this team. Kudos to the staff. They did a really good job this series. Yep. Like still can't believe it. They won. Yeah. <laughs> like you look at do you want to go into do you have any more details from this game or do you want to compare let's, let's this year look, to last year? Yeah, let's take a look at this year to last year. Because I thought it was very, very interesting. And when you look at it, the Leafs were in the same position game six last year at the end of the third period as they were this year. I realized that this year where they went up three one and then it was three two and it went back to Tampa, yada yada yada. But they outplayed the Lightning overall in game six. They had a little bit of a comeback, but they outplayed the Lightning overall in game six. You were up, actually up after the second period, which is another similarity from last year to this year. Um, and But this year, the difference was they were able to get it done versus last year, they weren't, right? So let's take a look and let's compare. Do you want to start with forwards, D, or goaltending? Forwards. The forwards? Yeah. So... This year, I think the forwards, the number one difference was net front. Your ability to send it on net and get a goal. Like I've, I mentioned it 4,000 times. You're going to hear it another 4,000 times Monday, I guarantee, if you listen to the radio or any other podcast. But the net front was massive in this one. 
allowed you to stretch out the offense. You didn't have to look for those high danger situations. You were able to send it on net, win a battle, and you get a screen tip rebound goal, right? Yep. That that's that's pretty much exactly it. Like that's the biggest thing. Like how many I don't know how many goals we scored like that. Like uh from tips I'll... and screens and bullshit like that, I I I'd imagine it has to be twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to find the you made the best there. goalie on planet Earth look human at times. And yeah. he had a great game six. He actually dialed it dialed it in game five and six and he had a bit of a tougher time, but he went back to old reliable in game uh game six and then it it did you good. I mean, look at that Matthews goal. I mean, just a bullet one time or bar down, but he doesn't see it at all. Yeah. And on that play earlier, like he got an open look, nice toe, like uh toe drag release, I guess it would be. And Vasilevsky got the blocker on it. It was a fantastic save, but you know, the traffic in front really made a difference. Yeah. And, and I'm just looking at the heat map from uh, all the, all the five on five goals last, uh, last series to this series. So in, in the biggest thing, if you look at the, um, sorry, the, uh, the, the five on five goals for the Leafs, they had one five on five goal in front of the net in the 2022 series from last year's series that they lost this series at five on high. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, six goals in front of the net in one last game. They made a clear, it's almost clear looking at the shot map and I wish I could pull this up, but I'm probably going to send out a tweet on this later, but it's almost clear that they made a priority. They made it a priority last year to score off of what looks like pre-shot movement. A lot of their goals came from within the circle close to the dot uh, at the, Mm -hmm. towards the bottom of the home plate. Um, but if you look at the, the least this year, again, like a lot of, almost all the goals in in the home plate came from the, the, the slot, like right, right in, in mm-hmm. front of that net. So obviously a, a big effort there to change the strategy, like you said, and, and the proof is in the pudding. We see it, We saw it with our own two eyes, right? The, 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 the strategy around how we're going to score goals in this game and how this team is going to get chances and get goals is by being a little bit more physical in front of the net and, and potting those pucks in. So. Good stuff exactly. from the team. Exactly. Um, on top of this, the difference from the forwards, uh, I mean, the power play, but that's a, that's a team thing, so I'll skip over that. Um, your depth scoring was fantastic. I'm looking at two, 2022 even strength points totals. I mean, even your depth scoring and even your top scoring. Uh, you can lump those into together, but last year, 2022 even strength. Austin Matthews, seven points. Nylander, five. I don't know what that alarm is for. Nylander, five. Marner, five. And then Tavares, four. And actually, Mikheyev, four, because he had those two empty netters in that one game. And then Riley, four. Kasha, three. And so on and so forth. This year, 2023, I mean, listen to these numbers. At even strength, Mitch Marner, seven points in six games. Riley, seven and six. Matthews, six and six. Tavares, five and six. And then you get O'Reilly, five and six. Nylander, four and six. And Nye's three and six. Yeah. Like, the I, after the top four there from 2022, it was just, it was a couple of guys that scored two empty net goals that were yeah. up in that, up that, in that and, echelon there. And that's, right? a, that's also a small danger of citing even strength points because they don't count. Even strength, uh, empty yeah. net goal points on empty net goals are considered even strength. Exactly. I went with even strength in this one because there was a couple four on four goals scored last year. There was uh, like three or four, something like that. And then this year there was 
uh, a, a six on five goal off a delayed penalty, a couple other, another six on five goal here and there. So like, if you compare Nylander's even strength, he had four points in six games, which looks pretty good. But then at five on five, he only had two secondary assists. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That's so, why I compare the two. Okay. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I wasn't just uh, like, I'm not trying to say that it was wrong to do that. I just, uh, no, obviously you have to be careful with it. That's where like, I, I wish I, it was like even strength when the goalie was in the net. net. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or right. just like, just get rid of empty net goals, points off empty net goals for even strength, you know? Yeah. It's like, I feel like if a goalie isn't in the net, I don't think that should count as an empty net goal. But the issue you... is though, with data consistency, you can't count. Okay. It counts if you score on the goalie. Uh, at that time, but it then doesn't count when you score against the empty net. Like you're still playing on the same ice surface, ice surface at the same time. How does one point count and the other doesn't? That's where, that's where you just well, gotta like context yeah, I guess. matters. I guess, I guess. I, I, I just, I, I think there's like the yeah, like the context of like the Nylander goals. Like the like it's basically just it was just a short power play for them because again the the inherent risk of pulling your goalie when the other team has a penalty. There's mm-hmm. almost like. 0.00001% chance of getting scored on. That's yeah, like exactly. Loss layer. Anyways. Uh, so anyways, I- with the depth, like in summation there, your, your better players played better than last year. And on top of that, your depth, you got depth from Ryan O'Reilly, Matthew Nyes, um, and even Nola Char gave you two goals in that too. Yeah. So depth, Big, depth yeah. came through. Depth came through like that. Th- the, our third line, like we said, it'd be a key to winning this series is having a good third line. So mm-hmm. I hope, I hope Sheldon Keefe sticks with the three three C's in the future uh, because I think that's a big key to as to why and how we won this game. Exactly. Or this series. Sorry, not just this game. Exactly, exactly. Any other points you had on the forwards? No. Um, so, yeah, I would say good job by the forward. Best player stepped up. Depth stepped up. Net front was – net front and greasy goals were plentiful in this one. Uh, let's get into the defense in this one. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where to say. I guess you had a compared to last year. I think your your shutdown line of Brody McCabe compared to Muzzin Brody was about equal. Am I right on that one? I think a few less points actually this year. Muzzin had two goals last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you said you said Brody or McCabe. When just looking at the shutdown oh. line, so Brody Brody McCabe versus Brody Muzzin. Uh, I think like, Brody played better last year than yeah. this year. Yeah, but I think McCabe might have been a steadier. I, I think um, steady uh, defensive presence. Uh, he, uh, what's his name? Oh my god, Muzzin must have might have been hurt. Uh, it was hurt last series, right? And like I think McCabe was a steadier partner for Brody and less put left less emphasis on Brody and allowed Brody to make more mistakes. So. Uh, I think I think McCabe was a solid cushion for Brody. It's hard to compare the two, but I think mm-hmm. I mean we won this series. So and obviously they weren't on for many goals against. I, I no McCabe so. played a ton of minutes in Game Six. There, yeah. I think the total was twenty seven minutes. Yeah, so I, I, which I'm you like, needed to do, and we said from or like mid season. We didn't even say the beginning of the series. We said mid season you need to to lean on your horses there, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm trying to pull up where. I, I'm not sure how the, the 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 what the numbers say about McCabe and the expected goal differential, but like we lost the expected goal battle in a lot of these games, and that's just kind of like 
Uh, he was up for three goals, four and four against at five on five. Yeah, like four against at five on five in in a in a se- in a six game series is is minimal. That's very small, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's massive because I think again, like part of part of like what part of the puck going in is not just how your goalie plays. I think it's also how the team in front of you plays. And I want to hammer yeah. this home. I think this team has played a lot better in front of Samsonov in, this year than in previous. And in, in, I feel like they they were previous. more contested on the offense. Yeah, right. Like it was. In terms of shots against and such, I think they might have given up more this year, but it was less like wide open kind of like wide open chances. It was more so like, you know, you didn't give up those second opportunities. You didn't give up those like odd man rushes where the guy had a ton of time and space. Yeah, yeah. I might exactly. be I might be incorrect on that one. But that's how I feel. That, that's how that and like I'm I'm feeling the same way. I felt the same way as well. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you're pretty. I think we're pretty close yeah. on that one. Also, on top of this, Riley like had a good playoffs last year. I thought put up some points, but was better and it was was awesome in this in these playoffs. Way better this year, and that sh- that pairing of Shen and Riley looks really good. Like Shen, man, like Luke the numbers Shen are numbers are not awesome last game. They're not there for Shen. The numbers are not there. Like the underlying numbers, line? yeah. Like like he had zero not, points too. But yeah, so like this game, this series was really there beforehand. Was there, but like he's done a good job, even just simply handling the puck. Looks a lot better than expected. Like does really well under pressure, and again interrupted like, a bunch of cycles off the hits. His collections off the boards were awesome in this game, and his ability to move the puck out. I thought he didn't get hemmed too many times yeah. in this one. Uh, but huge game from Luke Shen, even though you know it didn't result in the points. But yeah. it was the rest of the game was pretty good. Exactly, and yeah, ma- massive, massive that that Riley's found a partner that he clicks with. So, mm-hmm. I mean. That pairing works, and then the elephant in the room is the other pairing with the Hall Hel- Hel- Jordano, yeah. where they didn't look so good, they didn't look too hot. And then shout out to Sheldon Keith one more time for identifying making that, that adjustment, making the adjustment exactly. Yeah, so hopefully Giordano kind of turns it around. I think it's more so you need Giordano to to turn it around and step up his game in uh, in the second round, and then allow the other partner that he's with to kind of be that passenger. So. Yeah. Um, in terms of last year, I felt like Giordano's pairing. I mean, when you look at it, I think they got, they lost the expected goals battle in both the first two games. There was that huge goal against, do you remember it was, uh, they started Giordano hole and it was a play where Kasha blew the zone uh, hole, turned it over in his own end because he had no pass target, but also just, just gave it away twice in mm-hmm. one shift. Um, and then they ended up scoring on it and it was like all downhill from there. Yeah. So I don't think they were that great last year either. I think they, they steadied the, they were st- more steady in game six and seven, but up and down. So if you look at the, look at it pairing by pairing, I would say it's about equal for the top pairing, the shutdown pairing. They were about equal from last year to this year. Um, your middle pairing of Riley was better than last year. Riley Labushkin was not as good as Riley Shen by a good margin, I would say too. And then your third pairing, I think was a bit better last year, but I think it was more so the defense played better this year in terms of um, like taking care of business in front and taking care of, you know, not, not, in, not in terms of suppressing shots. They were, bit better last year but in terms of giving up that high event negative yeah i feel like they were better well um 
I'm pretty sure Morgan Riley was on for more goals last year in seven games than he like significantly more goals last year that that pairing than than this year. Um, just trying to I can find look it up. find those but numbers. I don't know. I can't that's find fine. Them, but yeah, yeah, yeah this like, year he was on for nine goals, four and yeah. three against at five on five. Yeah, pretty. I'm pretty sure he had four or five against last year, and and he okay. was only on for like two or three at like he he had lost the goal goals battle when he was on the ice. So massive okay. that he was able to. Pull that out and win the win that battle, win win the goals battle while he's on the ice. Don't oh, he was play. equal last year, five equal. and five. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I and this year nine and three. So big difference still. Yeah. Yeah. Big big um, big difference there. So yeah, defense. Would you call it a wash? I don't. I don't know. Because at times they struggled to get the puck out in this series too, and it really killed them. Like last year, this year, I uh yeah, I guess it was a wash, but also our our defense and I think I don't know. I think team wise. In general, right. I, I, I mean, I yeah. think I think also looking at it like the defense compared to if you do Leafs versus Tampa defense this year to last year, like I think the Leafs comparatively were like I don't know, I don't know how to put it, but the Tampa Bay defense this year was not a, nowhere near as good as last year, in my opinion. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, but I think part of the part of the biggest like our, our struggles of breaking out the puck kind of also has to do with the forwards that. And I'm not. Bit, yeah, I'm not saying it's like the forwards' fault, but like again, like last year we had forwards who were better at transitioning the puck out of the zone mm. when they had the puck on their stick compared there. to this year. So it was a little bit more of a battle. But on the aggregate, I'd still take. I much rather obviously take this team over last. This year's roster team, over but, last year's. Team. Yeah, yeah. this roster got that dog. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the last one. Let's take a look at the goalies compares the goalie comparison. Mm-hmm. So both of them, I will say this: the numbers are not flattering. Overall, when you look at, because this is a small sample size, it doesn't tell you too, too much. And again, context is everything. Both of them gave up one. There was both of them for both of these goalies. There was one game where they just got filled pretty much. I mean, Samsonov in game one and Jack Campbell in game four, even got pulled in game four there. So keep that in mind. But Samsonov's numbers were slightly better. Uh, 900 save percentage. uh, Goal saved above expected. He was a minus 0.36 Jack Campbell was a minus point 1.09 um so the numbers were close but I feel like and even like making timely saves you talk about that I feel like Jack Campbell made timely saves in game five and he came up huge in game three uh game one obviously the shutout but then Samson off game two you know played solid there too so like let's look at it game by game I mean both of them had a stinker game sure um, both of them like stole a game, I would say, of course, right? I feel like Samsonov had that one extra strong performance that you didn't quite get from Jack Campbell. So I, w- I would 100% give uh, Samsonov the, the edge over Jack Campbell in terms of playoff to playoff. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you think it's as well, close as I'm, I'm making it out to be? I, I think in goalies, there's more nuance than just the stats. I think it's hard to encapsulate <laughs> a goalie's play just from the numbers because I thought, like, Good I thought Vas- Vasilevsky played incredibly well this series. Like, he he just got lost on some pucks at the point, but that could again, you could you could say that, like, I th- I think the team in front of the goalie has a massive impact on the oh, yeah. on, on the goalie himself. And in only six games, uh, Vasilevsky was the worst in in the NHL, other than Mark Andre Fleury, who was literally terrible in, in the playoffs. But minus three point one goals saved above ex- uh, expected according to money ah. puck. So he obviously wasn't. Uh, 
the best, but like I, I just don't think that those stats encapsulate everything. And I know we're talking how about how tough it was in front of yeah. him. Like, yeah, couldn't so, see anything. So I, I think, I think for, I'm, I'm like almost not even paying attention to those stats because I, I I'd imagine mm-hmm. that a lot of like the negative GS goal saved above expected for, um, for and, and this might be the wrong way to analyze stuff, but this is how I'm going to do it. Um, I think a lot, a lot of the the goals allowed uh, were from that first game where we kind of played like crap mm. and we kind of like kind of like a lot of the bad goals. Right? Yeah, yeah, like a lot of the. So there was, that... yeah. So the 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 issue is with the stats is that the, there's a small sample size and it lacks context. But the good thing is there's a small sample size that we can pick apart each of the games. So if, when you look at it for Samsonov, game one, he was terrible, whatever. Game two came back, played nicely. Teams gave him lots of run support, so that was nice. Game three, I thought he played very well. Um, was a major reason why they won that game. So give him that one. Game four was the game that I believe was final score 5-4 in that one. There was one yes. goal in there where it was he didn't do a good oh. good enough job looking around the screen and it was from a bad scored a goal from a bad angle so one bad goal there uh game 5 and speaking to your point about the stats and how you know maybe doesn't speak to how well the goaltender played game 5 he looked horrible <laughs> he yeah. he almost got lucky and he gave up um one complete stinker and two that were like mm, didn't make the best decision on um so I thought I thought he didn't play well in game five, but the numbers will say 34 saves on 37 shots. Yeah. So, you know, but game six is where he came up huge for the Leafs. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, 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 I think Samsonov, I don't think it was leaps and bounds over what you got from Jack Campbell, but I think he was slightly better. And in the playoffs, when everything is so close and everything's so magnified, that slight edge that you got from Ilya Samsonov made a big difference. And he uh, came up big when you needed him to. Yeah. Like you didn't see him just shit his pants in a big moment. I think that's the most important part is that he made the saves. And and, and this is like so hockey cliche, like of uh, like, know. you know, but but I'm sorry, like that's like the biggest difference. Like l- listen, without him, we don't win. I'm we don't win game three, four, and, and six. We do not like we don't win those games. He kept us in game six. He kept us in. He kept us in game three. He, I know he allowed yeah. four goals against in game four, but not allowing a single goal throughout the third period in overtime. He kept us in those. Yeah, uh, look at after the Leafs tied that game. What happened at right like um thirty seconds after that? They had a cr- he gave crazy. up an odd man rush, yeah. and he had to make a huge save. Yeah, and and I'm and I'm just thinking back to overtime, like they with like. 14 like four the Kucherov backhand Kucherov backhand like literally in the slot oh, one of the one of the best best uh offensive of the best players, players in the NHL league. like and he's he has like literally a free free walk into the the slot and goes like creates movement goes backhand and Samson follows him the entire way and catches it with the glove like listen that's that that like you said those fine little details are the difference between uh last year to this year mm-hmm. for, for the uh the Leafs here yeah, and I, th- I I like in the end we say, oh, it's tough to look at the numbers, small sample size, blah blah blah. But I think the numbers actually do a good job of showing like Samsonov played slightly better than what you got from Jack Campbell from all the stats, and that's what made a huge difference in such a tight series. That's what made a huge difference. We forgot to mention like matchup wise with the forwards when you look at it, like 
goals for goals against for Braden Point. He was on for four goals for and five against. And then Stamkos, five, four, six against. Kucherov, four, four, five against. Like, so again, just speaks more to your big guys showed up and were able to shut them down. Yeah, talking about big guys showing up, like that's like what didn't happen for Tampa. And I think that was, a, I think that's partially on us being able to, like you said, shut them down. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Cause yeah, if if uh, if if Leafs players had the like we've seen Leafs players have like kind of those similar stat lines before, and they get mm-hmm. raked over the coals for that. So like we did a we to to put a bull on it. I think I think we played much better than last year. I think this team deserved every everything that's come to them. So good for them. Yep. Yep. Also, like to talk about like you know. Hockey is a game of randomness. It is 11. There's 12 people on the ice at one time chasing a little black thing around and trying to put it in between two iron posts uh, into a mesh. Like you got to look at the Leafs got bounces this year that they didn't last year. That broke like last year. When you look at game six in the third period, like you took a BS high stick, like phantom high stick on David camp there. Like shit. You, you would have liked that one for not to not be called, but because it wasn't a penalty, mm-hmm. but then compared to this year, TJ Brody's high stick in the third period, they caught, they counted as a follow through. That was a high stick. That's a different game. If you give Tampa Bay a power play. There. Yeah. 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 You got to think about that. And then it, like just the bounce bounces wise, like off a skate in the back of the net in overtime, like, the Leafs never got that. Never. How, how- I honestly, yeah, that's honestly a great thing to think about. How poetic is it that we lost game six off of two phantom high sticks and then we won game six this year partially. Of a non-call phantom high stick. That is That's karma. That is freaking karma. That's karma if I've ever seen it. Worth the wait. Am I right? Absolutely. Oh, my God. So that was kind of funny there. Um what was another? There was another play there too. Well, like I mean, they did call Luke Shen's penalty. Do you think that was an actual pen? I don't know. That was a weird one. Called that a high stick. I'm not gonna complain about it. Honestly, I'm not gonna complain about it. We I, won. I, I thought they won. Thing, last two game, last three games, even I thought the referees' officiating was really good. Uh, and I, 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 I don't know where this narrative that Wes McCauley is one of the better referees in the NHL seems like he's one of the worst referees in the NHL. So but, I think it was more. It was consistent, but also you know. There yeah. were some noticeable plays where the Leafs, you know, uh, committed. There were some noticeable plays they, where the yeah. yeah they committed infractions and it was not uh, called. it was not yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That was nice. So no, no complaining about the refereeing here after that one. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, overall. The Leafs won this series because their big guys stepped up more. So you got a little bit more depth in Ryan O'Reilly, who was massive, and Morgan Riley played awesome too. Defense held steady, was on the weaker end of this performance, I would say, and your goaltending came up big in big times as well. That's in the net front. You you grit grinded in front of their net. That mm-hmm. cannot be understated. Yeah. Yeah. So, what a win. Feels fantastic. I'm guessing the game one will be Wednesday as you know, they kind of will space it by one. I don't think they'll start the second round for one series when the other, another series is in game seven still for round one. So we'll see. We finally get to do a second round podcast. How crazy <laughs> is that? Uh, it's wild. I honestly oh can't my believe it. God. Just, I can't wait to break it down. Feels curious, great. Curious to see who uh, wins this next game. Who you got tonight? Florida or uh, Boston? 
I want to see Florida. I like a little upset. Yeah, I, I want to see Florida too, but I think Boston's going to have it. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm uh, all Mark's got to dial it back in. Yeah, honestly, like for a guy who I, I, I'm going to be a Vesna nominee. Yeah, Vesna nominee, Vesna winner. And he had a, like a career year and, and a fantastic. I'm curious. I, I wonder why no one ever mentioned like his playoff inexperience as something that like might hurt him, obviously, in the playoffs, right? Because it was only... silence after game one and I think game. Like through great game four, he was playing awesome. Yeah. And but... then just because last yeah. year in the playoffs, he was terrible. And they went back to Swayman. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's a question of is Swayman going to play in game seven. Yeah. So that's where, yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. Boston. Boston's in tough. Feels yeah. good that we're not in that situation. Yeah, feels good that we finally, we, we listen, we slayed all the demons. The four down four. One, not all. Blo- not all. Blew a four one the, the first round demons blew a four one lead we we slayed that still have the biggest demon to fucking slay like remember that yes yes this still feels three. good enjoy it still round three two. more rounds still three more rounds exactly the biggest demon like dude you're mentioning all these minor demons those are minor demons in my opinion the yeah, biggest one enough. you have not won a Stanley Cup since 1967 yeah <laughs> like come on. Well, listen, I'm just happy we get we get to at least talk about this team for four more games. So, yep. I agree. I agree. But, yeah, anything else you got for this episode? All right. Thank you everyone for listening. Go, Lisco.